Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. So let me just start off today with sharing with you a little story about why we should plan in the first place. I want to take you back to 2003, right? This is a story about British cycling. Um, British British cyclists, British riders had um, won just a single gold medal in the Olympics since 1908. Okay, this is a story I read for a read um, read in this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, great book, pick it up. It's about it's about habits, uh, uh, tiny habits, and and big improvements, which is what this story is about. So British riders had just I just won a single gold medal in the Olympics since 1908. Okay, and this is a story in, from 2003. Um, the Tour, Tour de France, the premier cycling uh, tournament, no British cyclist had ever won in the 110 years since the competition had started, right? Um, and the situation in British cycling was so bad that manufacturers of bikes refused to sell bikes to the British team because they didn't want their bikes to be associated with the British team. It was so bad. Um, and then in 2003, the organization hired a gentleman called Dave Brailsford, right? And he had a new plan called the aggregation of marginal gains. Okay, it's really interesting. So his philosophy was to break down everything and improve everything by just 1% just marginal improvement instead of kind of, you know, breaking down the entire organization and, and overhauling everything. So break down everything and improve by 1%. So he made, he and his team made very small adjustments everywhere. So for example, they redesigned the bike seats to make, make them more comfortable. Uh, they rubbed alcohol on tires for more grip. They made riders where um, electrically heated shorts to maintain their muscle temperature. Uh, they tested various fabrics and you know decided what to wear, uh, what the cyclists should wear. And they tested different types of massage gels. They taught them how to even wash their hands to prevent them how to prevent them from catching a cold. Right, and they made hundreds of tiny changes like this by breaking every process down. Right now. Look at the results, right? In five years, they started dominating, right? Of course, the cyclists worked really hard uh, and they had a, a program for all that. But then, you know, because of this philosophy of marginal improvement, right? In five years, they started dominating. In 2008, the Olympics, they won 60% of the gold medals. In 2012, the, uh, the London Olympics, they won nine Olympic records. And, and they, they broke nine Olymp Olympic records and seven world records. In the 2012 Tour de France, Bradley Wiggins, um, that's him right here, Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. And the, the very next year, 2013, uh, his, his colleague Chris Froome um, won the Tour de France. And he subsequently won even in 2015, 16, and 17 as well. So in 10 years, from 2007 until 2017, British cyclists won 178 world championships and 66 Olympic and Paralympic 
uh, gold medals and five Tour de France victories. Can you imagine that? Let that sink in for a bit. So 178 world championships, 66 Olympic and Paralympic gold medals, and five Tour de France victories because of this new philosophy that Dave Brailsford had brought in to that organization, the aggregation of marginal gains. Now, I share this story with you, not just because of the philosophy of uh, the power of marginal gains, but also because this is about simple planning and execution. When you plan and execute well, you can win really big. That's the moral of, of the story that I was getting at. Um, it's no small, no small feat. Like these folks, the, this organization for, for 100 years, they won practically nothing. And then within five years of um, practical planning and execution, they managed to dominate the sport. So I wanted to share that with you. Let's get to today's agenda, okay? So today what we're gonna be doing is I'm gonna be sharing with you the secrets to building a strategic plan for your consulting business, okay? And so my plan for uh, this topic of strategic planning, I wanna break it down into two parts because it's a huge topic, right? And because we do this these sessions in 60 minutes, you know, I, I, I was forced to condense uh, the, the learning and the, and, and the concepts into that much time, right? I mean, sometimes constraints, constraints are good because it allows me to kind of just pack in uh, as much as is required and not kind of, you know, share with you um, stuff that you don't need, right? But uh, also, uh, I, I need to be mindful that you know, I can't cram too much information into 60 minutes. So I wanted to kind of uh, space it, space this session, space this topic um, of, uh, uh, between two sessions. So today we're going to be talking about the ingredients or the, the secrets to building a strategic plan for your consulting business. The next session, session 38, if you're, you're attending live, that's the November 30th, uh, 2023. Um, or if you're watching the recording, just go to, go to the YouTube channel and, and go to all the other podcasts and choose session 38. That session is gonna be a workshop where I'm gonna be helping you create the strategic plan uh, to build your a thriving consulting business. But today I'm gonna to be talking about a few secrets, a few ingredients that would help you uh, build that strategic plan because planning is not just like a one-time exercise. Um, you need to kind of build, you need to have the data the right data so that you can analyze that data and then um, derive insights. And those insights that you get will help you plan. Okay, so that's my two-part plan for this topic. So why should you listen to me? Uh, a few of you are um, you're new here. So my name is Fahim Musa. I'm the founder of Consulting Leap. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, Consulting Leap in a bit, but uh, before that, um, you know, a few a decade ago, I started a company called Springboarders. This is a strategic planning consulting firm. In um, you know, I started it here in Toronto in 2009. And you know, as the founder and managing principal of this consulting firm, I've sold over 200 uh, consulting engagements. I've uh, you know recently 
a few years ago, I started Consulting Leap in which I work personally with uh, independent consultants and um, owners of boutique consulting firms to grow their sales pipeline and consist consistently add new clients. The biggest problem with uh, um, you know, management consultants who have struck out on their own and started their own consulting firms, they're, they're phenomenal at their functional role. They know the job really well, but building a pipeline can be a challenge. And uh, you know, I, I struggle with that challenge as well. So my business is now helping um, those folks who need that extra support and mentorship to build and grow their pipeline and add new clients to their business. Okay. But, you know, more than that, my experience with strategic planning, which was my domain of expertise as a consultant, um, you know, will help hopefully um, in this session, because I'm going to break down my, the frameworks and, and my processes that I use to help organizations um, build a strategic plan. Okay. Right, so let's get down to the secrets or the ingredients required to create a strategic plan. There are five of them, and I'll be, you know, sharing information about each of them as I go along. I want to share, you know, share them one by one. So the first ingredient, the first secret is category, right? When you start thinking about planning, Right for your consulting business, you've got to kind of um, look at it, look at uh, look at the exercise as as different pieces. You've got to like break it down into different compartments. Right, these are the five uh, compartments that uh, I recommend you look at. And the first thing is your category. So when I say category, typically, you know, in a, in an organization. This would this could mean the the industry or the market or you know the context of where they're competing. Um, when it comes down to consultants, I recommend that you think of your category as your expertise or your domain or how you define your field, right? Now there's no hard and fast rule as to how you define your field because you can be as creative as you as you can. Some of you said you know you're a CFO and a COO. Some of you are, you know, program and project management consultants and so on. Um, however you define your field, that is your category, right? So you'll see on the screen uh, some common categories in consulting. Some people call themselves, you know, general, general management consultants. Management consulting is a category. Uh, it could be sales and marketing consulting, IT consulting, um, digital transformation. A couple of you folks are... Um, uh, in, in, into transformational consulting in the audience, and of course, change management as well. I think Andrew um, um, or Rob, one of you said you were you, you change management consultants, um, and Mohan as well, and public or public speaking consulting. That could be a category as well. Okay, so this is pretty you know simple, right? Think about your field and your domain, and here's what you should. Be asking yourselves as you begin to think about and plan um, 2024. So number one, what is your key observation about the category over the past year, right? When you think about your field, what are your key observations? You can think about your observations with respect to growth, 
or decline? Is your category declining or is your category growing, right? Um, most consulting um, organizations or small businesses, there's, there's tremendous opportunity in whatever field you're in, right? So I can, without even kind of, uh, without even like, asking you or knowing which type of consulting you do, I mean, and I know a number of you are even listening to the recording as well. I know for a fact that if you're an independent consultant and you have an expertise in a domain and you know organizations uh, need help with that domain, um, in all likelihood, there's tremendous growth, right? And as consultants, B2B consultants selling to organizations, you don't need um, a, a high volume of clients, right? You need a handful of clients every, every year. Um, and you can you can get those clients and there is opportunity to grow. So, you know, in terms of growing or declining, um, I would wager that uh, your business is likely growing. Other ways you can think about um, your category. Can you think about a regulatory or government-related um, insight? I mean, mind you, you don't have to choose all of these things that you see on the screen, right? Um, demographics, technological uh, uh, observations, et cetera. Choose only what is relevant to you, or you, it could be other um, factors as well, right? I put down regulatory and government. Um, if it's relevant, like for example, if you're a federal government contractor, a federal government consultant, maybe there are some government policies that um, you know, have impacted your business in the last year, right? So that's that's relevant to you. Or maybe there's some other kind of, you know, uh, government policies. If you're a uh, marketing consultant or if you're a, you know, web design consultant, for example, a few years ago, Europe came up with this GDPR regulation about privacy. So that, you know, if that, that happened, that kind of changes your business a little bit. Right uh, and how you kind of deal with uh, with clients and, and and your services and your offering, so that would be relevant. Um, demographics um, are demographic um, changes in in your in your market or in your field relevant to your to your to the, to your domain. If that's relevant, then think about that. Technological, right? Like technological, I mean, I think every consultant or every every, every small business, every business is uh, hit, is uh, affected by techno technology, especially last year, um, artificial intelligence has kind of changed the game for a lot of us, right? Like a lot of us think about, as, as consultants, we're always thinking about, okay, in what part of our business can AI, you know, uh, completely kind of change the way we do things? Like for example, in management consulting, like the stuff that I do and the stuff that you know a lot of consultants do, the upfront audits and, and the discovery engagements, a lot of that can be kind of, um, you know, artificial intelligence can aid a lot of those processes, right? So um, think about, you know, all of those things that whatever has happened over the last year, um, and think about what, what those key observations are as to how your category has changed, right? And then you want to think about what's the reason for that? What, why, has, why has that changed, right? Yes, there are some factors, but uh, what specifically is going on and why has that category changed, right? And then number three, what you want to do is you want to think about trends, 
right? What do you foresee in the next 12 months? How is the category going to change? Of course, you can't predict the future, but you could um, you could take an edu educated guess. And also, you could, you, could, uh, you could read about trends that are taking place and, 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 and really understand, you know, and, and understand deeper, deep, uh, uh, deeply, as deep as possible, um, how these trends are going to affect your domain. Okay? So think about the first part of strategic planning is understanding the lay of the land. Like, where is your domain right now? Um, what has happened over the last 12 months? What are the factors that have um, changed your domain over the last 12 months and possible uh, trends or direction that your domain is going in the next 12 months? Okay, I want to, you know, stop this presentation for a bit and uh, just invite you in the chat um, I know this, this may be a lot to think about right now, but if you have any insights about your domain, uh, those of you in the live audience, please type in the chat so that uh, you know we all can um, you know, benefit from your uh, observations about your own industry, okay? Cool, so that's as far as category is concerned. And of course, if you have any comments or any questions, please uh, type, in, type, type them in the chat and I'll be taking them um shortly okay neha uh, is typing type away neha i'm going to take a look at your comment and uh, for now i'm going to move on to the next slide oops okay so that's category the next um, secret or the next ingredient for a strategic plan is what you want to be thinking about is, of course, your clients, right? Now, with respect to clients, right, you want to ask the following questions, right? The first thing you want to do is, okay, think about the clients that you've had so far. I'll give you a, a, a 10 seconds to just go through this slide. Right, so think about the clients that you've had so far, right? Um, a lot of, a lot, a big part about building your small business, uh, small consulting business is to simply build on what has worked in the past, right? Um, that's one way of thinking about it. So think about over the last year, who have you gotten best results for? What are the pro profitable engagements that you've done? And um, also think about, you know, the types of clients and the types of engagements that were most enjoyable to work with. Part of building a business is also about not just about, you know, building a very highly profitable business and that's and with fast growth and whatnot. You want to be able to enjoy uh, the engagements that you you have, and you want to be able to enjoy the types of clients, um, and, you know, enjoy working with clients that you want to work with. Right. So um, think about that. Often, you know, in the haze of um, uh, running a small business and, and, and dealing with client deadlines and so on, we tend to forget about these questions about, hey, you know what, 
who do I actually want to work for? Not work for, but who do I want to serve? What's that? What, what does that client look like? What are the types of engagements um, um, uh, that are out there that, or that I've done before that I like? And, you know, what, what's, what, what, which types of engagements have, have broadened um, the most profit, right? So think about that. Of course, like, um, this is not an exercise that you, you, you want to be doing right now, like as the, at least the folks that are the live audience. But take, take screenshots of uh, these slides and work on them because before you come into the next session, that's session, session, session 38, you want to have answers to these questions because when you actually build your strategic plan in the next session, you want to have an understanding of uh, all of these, uh, these factors. Okay. Now, I just told you that you know a good way to look at a building your consulting business is to simply look at what has worked in the past before, like what types of clients you've uh, you've liked working with, and and build on that, right? But if you feel that you want to look at another another uh, segment of the market, uh, maybe you haven't had uh, enjoyable clients to work with this year that are, that have been profitable. If you want to see, maybe you want to see um, and define a different type of ideal client to test, right? So you can go ahead and do that in these two ways. Um, first one is firmographic data, which is, you know, what type of, what's your ideal company size? Mid to large company, uh, mid to large businesses or small businesses. Um, what is the employee count there? Like under a thousand employees, over a thousand employees, whatever that is. What is the industry? Is, does the industry even matter to you? Uh, in terms of a you know target audience, or are you industry agnostic, right? Um, there's no right answer. It depends on the type of business you're in and you know what your offering is. But you gotta you know think about that and consider that those uh, that that factor as well. Uh, geography: Are you a remote consulting business and can serve anyone anywhere, or do you have a specific geography? Right, and then you want to think about buyer and influencer personas. Remember, it's not just about you know one single buyer. When you're selling in organizations, as most of you would know, you're not going to you know encounter just one person that's going to make sign off on the dotted line and make that decision. B two B buying often is is about is made is the decision is kind of discussed and made by a group of people. There may be a sponsor of the project that signs off, but around that sponsor. There are influencers, right? Uh, they could be directors, they could be uh, vice presidents or you know senior managers, right? So who are those folks that typically make decisions? Like for example, you know, um, uh, Andrew, you said you're CFO, COO. So who who do you um, focus on? Are you, do you focus on business owners? Are those your business? Are those your um, um, uh, uh, buyers? Or you, if you're if you're larger if you focus on larger organizations, who specifically do you target, right? And what and who are the influencers around that sponsor and that buyer? So the title, um, the, their frustrations. What are they kind of? Uh, uh, what, what, what problems and symptoms are they dealing with? What are their priorities over the next twelve months? What's their number one priority over the next twelve months? That's a great question to to consider. How are decisions made, right? Like, um, is there procurement involved? Um, is there kind of a, a threshold of 
you know, uh, a budget threshold um, where, whereby decisions are made in-house, or not in-house, but, you know, without moving the decision to procurement. Those are things that you, you want to you consider. Um, buyer behavior and, 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 you know, what is the degree of influence that the, the folks uh, in, in an organization have on the decision, right? So these are the things that you, 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 need to, you need to find out and understand because they will, um, you got to factor these in when you're creating that strategic plan because, you know, if you, uh, when you create the plan, you're going to be thinking about your value proposition and you're going to be thinking about how you position in the marketplace and so on and who the buyer is and how you approach them and so on. So these are, this is the data that you've got to collect, right? Now, a lot of us, and I've been guilty of this as well, a lot of us don't um, deliberately think about these questions and think about uh, these factors. So I have a challenge for, for you here. Now, before the, the next session, before session 38, where we sit down and build the plan, I'd like you to reach out to at least three customers or three clients, um, or if you had less than three clients so far, then just reach out to you know, the, the, the number of clients that you've had so far, if it's under three, and understand from them why they buy from you, right? And how they buy. So in the next slide, I have a bunch of questions. I'm gonna give you a few seconds to read them. So the challenge is to reach out to a customer, uh, reach out to three customers, or if you had just if you have if you had one client so far, then you just reach out to that one client and get them on the phone for 30 minutes and have a conversation where you ask them these questions, right? You want to understand why they hired you, right? Yes, of course, you would have, they would have told you they, they need X, X, Y, Z services or whatever, but you know, you want to go deeper than that. How is the problem affecting their day-to-day -day operations? At what point, what was the tipping point that caused them to start uh, looking to hire someone with, you know, your expertise? Um, what kept them from moving forward sooner? What other options did they consider? Uh, how do they? How would they describe your services to a peer? Um, how is your how is the, how is their situation right now um, that they've hired you? And and what, what do they like best about your services? You want to understand from them why they hired you, uh, what benefit they got, and so on. Um, and of course, you can ask you know, other questions you're curious about as well. But you know, you want data like this. Uh, before you sit down and plan, because this will, you know, open up um, uh, market needs. This will open up, you know, what's going on inside the, the uh, your customers' heads, um, so that you'll be able to kind of uh, define your ideal type of customer, and you'll be able to define your value proposition and your messaging when you create that plan, and so on. Okay, so that's about. Uh, clients. So let's move on. Any questions so far? Quickly kind of look at the chat. All right. So Neha says the technology has changed. 
Um, Satish says companies trying to try adopting new technologies like AI in a transforming way. Yes, I think AI is uh, is one of those things that is, that's that's uh, affected all of us. So Jorg says uh, innovation consulting is generally growing, uh, but you're but I'm working on a subcategory of it called ambidexterity and dual innovation. Okay, that's cool. You know, the, the, the good thing about, the interesting thing about categories is that you can define your own category. Like you're, you're an innovation consultant, right? Like uh, I think part of your job is to help uh, organizations uh, think differently and to come up with new solutions and new ideas. And, and one of the ways to do that is to think creatively, right? And choosing a category and defining your own category is uh, part of that, right? So there's no, you don't have to, um, you know, compete in a category that's already been defined, right? You can define your own category and create your own uh, um, you know, field to compete with. I mean, that's an advanced marketing, um, strategic marketing uh, topic, but uh, you know, uh, um, just wanted to put it out there and, 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 and uh, let you know that uh, you, know, you, you, you folks can, uh, can define the category as you see fit. As long as that category, as long as you're you're solving a pressing need, a costly and, and urgent problem that, um, um, uh, of the market, of, of 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 real clients, of real prospects, right? When you focus on the on the problem that you're that you're um, uh, that's out there, then you can define your category, right? Then it's just semantics from there. So Andrew says. Uh, he's got external influencers, the, the biggest source of leads, bankers, attorneys, uh, tax accounts. Brilliant, right? That's uh, um, when we talk a little bit more later, um, um, we can, you know, I'll, 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 I'll dive into a little bit of those external influencers, Andrew. But anyway, thanks for sharing. Let's get back to the next piece. Oops, just keep uh, doing this. So client research. So the next piece is competitors, right? We just talked about you know defining a category and not, um, um, you know, not creating a consulting business wherein you compete with existing competitors. But but still, you know, um, even if you create a new category and define your category the way you want, you're always going to be okay. I'm going to say I'm not going to say always, but you know, very likely there are other, there are going to be other people that. Um, can solve the problem that you are solving as well, especially if it's if you've chosen the market really well, if you've chosen a real pressing problem, there are going to be other people and other alternatives out there that uh, your potential clients can choose. So you really want to understand that landscape. Now, here's the thing about, about competition. I don't want you folks to obsess over the competition, right? Uh, my philosophy is that you want to understand, you know, an overview of who's out there and what they're offering and so on, but you don't want to go really deep and obsess over the competition. If you want to obsess over um, someone, obsess over your clients and obsess over those questions that I, I gave you in the previous slide, um, because, you know, understanding your clients will, um, will help you grow your business. Understanding your clients deeply will give you a competitive advantage over other um, uh, other folks in your field because 
when you understand your clients deeply, their problems, their priorities, their, their fears, their desires, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, you're going to be able to hopefully build a stronger value proposition and deliver on those, uh, uh, deliver on that value proposition because you simply understand the client better. So obsess over your clients and not over your competition. But at the same time, it is there is value in, in understanding the lay of the land and, and knowing who's out there and what they're offering. So here's what I'd like you to do. Please screenshot this, uh, this table. Um, at the very least, you want to understand, you know, you want to, you know, research three to four competitors. And when I say competitors, you know, who are those entities that can solve the problem that you are looking to solve in a marketplace, right? Uh, understand their firmographics. How big are they? Where do they play? Where, where, where do they um, operate from? Um, are they independent consultants or are they a small boutique firm? How are they structured? So that's firmographics, right? So um, you could just do this on a Google spreadsheet or an Excel um, document. And the next column is the markets they serve. So who do they serve? Do they serve a, a similar uh, customer, a client to, a profile to, to yours or who else are they serving? Like, uh, uh, dig around a little bit on their website and you know uh, online. But here's the thing, you know, whatever research you do, secondary research that is, you know, research through secondhand information, their website and so on, um, it's not going to be very accurate, right? Because a lot of people don't uh, update their websites. Like I'm, I'm sure a lot of you here have websites, but you may have not updated them, and you know, websites can get uh, can get uh, outdated. Right. Um, so go in to this exercise knowing that you're not going to be able to get all the accurate information, but you're going to get, you know, you're going to get somewhere, right? A little bit of information, whatever is there, um, is better than nothing, right? So try and find out information, look at their LinkedIn profiles, who do they serve, what type of content they're creating, um, and get some clues as to what their customer profile is like. Then Look at their offering. What exactly are they offering, right? Um, um, what are they trying to solve? Um, what what solutions uh, do they have? Uh, do they have a ge generic solution? Are they general general consultants, or do they have specific solutions for you know specific market segments, right? Um, uh, understand understand that. And then how they're different. Take a take a call just by by um, reading about your reading about these entities. How how do you think they're different? How how are they positioned in the marketplace? Right. This is just like an open open ended uh, response here. So the exercise. I mean, here's the thing: the information that you put down in the spreadsheet as you're filling this out is not as important as you know doing the exercise. Doing the exercise. Just poking around, understanding who's out there, reading a little bit. We don't do this normally unless we're forced to. So when you do this, right, you may come up with some information and some data that you might find interesting or useful. Every time I do this 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 exercise, I find something different or find something, you know, that I look at and say, hmm, I didn't know about that before. It's interesting, right? So. Um, Take some time and do this over the next couple of weeks. And I'm positive you'll find something that um, you haven't encountered or seen before, right? So I've given you a few variables here. 
other variables you can look at if you like is you know sales and marketing channels how do they go to market and how do they land clients what channels are they using are they using you know um certain partnerships who are they partnering up with um is linkedin their their channel of choice uh etc um so understand their sales and marketing channels as well if you can uh partnerships um do they have any specific partnerships what is their pricing um if their pricing is on their website or you can get some clues from somewhere you know you can talk to somebody uh what is their pricing and what's their pricing model how do they think about pricing and what their future plans are so you know a lot of these a lot of entrepreneurs um do podcasts and they talk about their you know uh their background and you know their business uh, what what their future plans are so um you know search search podcasts uh podcast uh, networks search youtube um google them and just try and find as much information as you can but again don't obsess over this i would not spend too much time but as long as you can kind of uh, you know fill out this uh, uh this matrix and understand and, and uh, a little bit more about the, the landscape you should be fine cool so let me just uh, move on and again please uh, type your your questions in the comments i'll be taking them um after the presentation right um channels that's the next piece by now you know that uh, you know each of these each of these uh, uh um categories if you will they all start with c right so um the next ingredient or secret um is channels right so channels could be either direct channels where they get their business from i'm sorry uh i'm talking about you know i was talking about competitors before but now i'm talking about you know channels that you will use right you've done your competitor research right you've done a little bit of uh, um um research on how your competitors um go to market what channels are out there possibly what's working and now you want to sit down and think about okay what are your channels right um what what has worked best for you right so again open up another um worksheet in your excel or google spreadsheet document and put down these channels uh, referrals you any partnerships you've got list down all your partnerships like andrew you were talking about bankers and accountants and lawyers and stuff like list down all your specific partnerships right in in a, in in specific columns cold outreach if you if you've done some cold outreach before um i know some of you do it so if you've done cold outreach that's a column link if linkedin is your channel or if you want to make it your channel you know put that as well and then for the for the channels that you've used at the very least you want to uh list down what has worked at the very least note down the number of leads you've got from those channels note down the number of proposals that you've sent to prospective clients uh, as a result of leads from those specific channels and then the closed sales how many sales you uh closed and you won uh from those specific channels again this is an exercise that most consultants that i speak with that, that don't have a a business development and marketing process and sales process 
uh, most of them don't do it. Um, and of course, you can add many more variables like you know sales that you've won, sales that you've lost, and so on. Uh, but at the very least, just note down your leads, proposals, and sales from each channel, so you'll get an idea of you know uh, what the numbers are, right? Um, and, and once you understand what the numbers are, you may know this intuitively, of course, because you know you may not uh, have a large number of clients, but uh, just look at the numbers and you know understand what what the what the percentage or the conversion rate is from let's say leads to proposals. Like if you're getting referrals, um, how many leads turn into proposals, and then how many proposals turn into one business, the business that you that you want, right? So you'll understand a little bit about how your channels work and you know where the numbers are better and where you know maybe you, you need to improve um, your process. So what channels have worked best? What channels should you continue with? And what new channels should you experiment with? Those are the questions you wanna be asking. You've done your research, right? You've looked at your competitors, you've seen a little bit about you know, how they've gone to market. Um, do you wanna experiment with a, with, with, with a few more channels? Um, note them down here. This is where you gotta kind of uh, you know, consider that factor as well, because if you are, then you have to have um, a good reason for it. And that's why you're, you know, in research mode. Cool. So that's uh, as far as channels is concerned. And finally, the final C is company, right? And this is where you synthesize all of the data that you have, um, um, you know, been researching or been observing or learning um, so far, and you ask yourselves the following questions in the context of what you've learned, right? When I say company, it means your company. It's your business, right? So this is what you are now, up until now, um, you've been looking outward. You looked at the category, you looked at your clients, you looked at your competitors, and you looked at channels right but now you want to look inward and ask the following questions given what you know from this process what opportunities do you see for your business over the next 12 months right what should you be wary, wary of what areas can you improve on and it could be you know any any areas, like it doesn't have to be a specific area, but then did you get any insights about, hey, you know what, competitor X is really good at this. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should consider that. Uh, or maybe you you think about some other type of, um, you know, strategy that you've come across. or maybe something your clients told you about in that, in your customer research uh, phase, where, which you didn't consider before, and maybe you want to improve. Right, so you've collected all that data, and now you want to kind of, you know, note down the key observations or insights when you're doing your company introspection. So, what areas can you improve in? And then finally, in the context of the opportunities and the insights that you've um, you've you've, uh, you've you've gathered so far, what do you feel are your business strengths? 
your strengths as a consultant and your strengths as an organization? I don't know what uh, just happened, but uh, can you folks still see my screen? Okay, I, uh, I think we can. Okay, sorry about that. But uh, what are your business's strengths relative to the opportunities available? Maybe you are, um, you know, you're really, if you're, if you're a transformation consultant, um, maybe you have, uh, a, a, your strong suit perhaps is an operations consultant, uh, operations transformation as opposed to other types of transformation, process transformation or whatever, right? Um, and maybe that's where the opportunity is based on your category research and your customer research and so on. So, you know, you always wanna think about your strengths based on, on the context. Right, the people think about you know they they recommend doing a SWOT analysis where they do where they talk about you know first talk think about your strengths, but your strengths could be you know anything if you don't think about the context right it, the, your strengths wouldn't be able would, wouldn't mean anything. You want to first on you know define the context, define the opportunities, define your your the, your category, um, and then think about okay for these opportunities. What are my strengths that can allow me to take on these opportunities and, um, you know, move help me move forward in that direction, right? So that's why I put strengths at the bottom um, after you've understood the context. Cool. All right. So uh, those are the five um, in secret ingredients of a strategic plan. So I'm just gonna recap. Number one, it's category. Then you've got uh, clients, competitors, that's number three. Four is channels and number five is your company. So you've gathered you know, insights or all of these um, uh, in all of these buckets. So what you wanna do next is put them all in, in a one pager, right? Like this, as you see on the screen. Put them all in a one pager and write down in you know five rows. Uh, write down uh, each each to, um, uh, topic, each category in one row, each category in each each row, and then um, put down your key observations and insights. So maybe your top two or three observations or insights, or, or one or two observations or insights for each of these buckets, right? Then you'll have like an executive summary of your uh, observations, your key observations, right? Like have a constraint that, you know, don't go more than two. What are your top two observations for each of these buckets, right? And that's your starting point for building your strategic plan because you'll have insights on your domain of expertise and your field, right? What has happened in the last one year and what may happen in the next 12 months in terms of trends, right? You'll have um, information about your clients. What are their biggest problems? Why did they decide to um, hire somebody like you? What, what, what was the tipping point that really pushed them? Um, what, uh, at what point, who, who else did they consider? Uh, and so on, how did they make that decision? So you'll have insights about that. Then you'll have insights about your competitors because you've done that research. Like, you know, maybe competitor X is talking about 
going in this direction or competitor Y has this innovative way of landing new clients, right? Um, those are those could be your insights. Then your channels, right? What channels work best and what channels do you want to, do you have curiosity about that you want to try, right? You want to have a little bit of, you know, uh, um, uh, list down a little bit of your curiosity about, about these buckets because in the strategic plan, then you can kind of make a plan to experiment and see um, whether or not that idea has legs. And then finally, the company, right? In, in, in the company uh, section, you want to talk about your key opportunities that you want to explore in, in, in the next 12 months, right? And what you should be wary of um, and what your strengths are in the context of, of those opportunities. And, and of course, you know, in what areas you want to improve in 2024, okay? So, those are the five ingredients that go into a strategic plan. And you know, you know what? This, this was my business. As a management consultant, um, this was the first phase of my strategic planning process. I did this for every single client that I had, right? Now, this is a, a, a version that is, you know, palatable, I would say, in 60 minutes. Uh, of course, strategic planning is, is, a, is a huge field and we really got into the nitty gritty in terms of the questions and into the process in terms of, you know, all the, um, uh, uh, you know, the structure, et cetera. But um, you can start, if you've never, never done strategic planning before, you can start with the information and the questions that I provided you with uh, because I believe that, you know, um, this is sufficient to start with. You, of course, and as you become um, um, more and more experienced planners, then you can, you know, you know, you can introduce more advanced um, um, uh, uh, concepts in strategic planning. But if you've never done, never done it before, this this is just a basic way of of thinking about it and structuring your thoughts. So I'm open to questions. I'm going to. Um, minimize the screen and open the questions. Just type in the chat and let me know if you have any questions on anything. So Mohan said, uh, share the PowerPoint. Yeah, I can share the PowerPoint. You can all, you'll also have the, um, the recording on the YouTube channel, but uh, if, you, if you want the PowerPoint, just uh, um, uh, text me on, on, on LinkedIn or send me an email uh, or whatever. But uh, yeah, Mohan, I'm happy to share it. So, just type in the chat if you have any questions so far. Okay, Nicole and Mohan, um, you're, you're very welcome. Good that you found value in it. Now, if you have a couple of, as you're typing in your questions, uh, or maybe you, you know, the, the, those of you listening to the recording as well, um, so connect with me on LinkedIn or just uh, comment below the video for your question. I'm happy to, to, uh, to uh, answer them. Um, but if you've got a couple of minutes, those of you, especially who are watching live, um, what are the next steps, right? So the next step, the next session is a workshop, right? And again, I'm gonna make it very, I'm gonna use the constraints of, the, of 60 minutes and create a workshop for you that 
is palatable within those 60 minutes and it will help you kind of get your feet wet and and and, and create a plan that that is practical and that is workable so the workshop is how to create your 2024 strategic strategic plan to build a thriving thriving consulting business okay and here's uh my final thing if you've got a couple of minutes so if you need help with strategic planning for your consulting business uh so you can attract the ideal clients and you know your type of organizations whoever you, whichever that is mid, small mid large organizations you want to engage and attract uh c-level and senior buyers of consulting uh, from anywhere in the world and you want to build a profitable consulting business that allows you to build wealth and more free time for you so you can do um when you spend time and with in other areas um if you're curious about you know what i do and how i help consultants simply go to consultingleap.com um check out um you know what i offer and then if you're if you find it interesting then schedule a call there's a link there and then we can talk more okay so i'm going to answer um questions so rob says I'm curious about how much time do you recommend over the duration of each week, month, year that consultants invest in working on the company? Um, how much time do you recommend over the duration of each week, month, year? So here's how I do it, Rob. Um, I look at, I mean, it's a great question, right? Thank you for asking the question. Um, I think of planning like this, right? Although I've recommended, I've told you about you know, insights, ask, uh, looking at and, and, and considering, you know, what your plan, what you want to do over the next 12 months and trends over the next 12 months uh, and goals and objectives over the next 12 months. I keep talking about the 12 month factor a lot, but here's the thing when you, you know, 12 months is a very long time, right? So the, the way I look at planning is that I create a plan, uh, you know, an, an overview or an outline of a plan for the next 12 months but i execute over the next 90 days right when i um i execute over the next 90 days and you know things change really fast you can't have i mean I, at least in my experience i've never been never seen a 12 month plan that kind of played out uh exactly the way um i thought it would right um so oh, but but that doesn't shouldn't stop you from planning uh, for 12 months um plan uh make the plan and then revisit it every 90 days so uh, i would use a week or a couple of weeks in um in uh, you know late november and december to do to create your plan go out go ahead and execute in q1 at the end of march look at it again right revisit the whole thing if required you know uh, gather insights again for the next couple of weeks and and tweak the plan a little bit Maybe this wasn't working. Maybe maybe this aspect of the plan wasn't working, or that aspect of the plan wasn't working. Just tweak that a little bit, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you. You know, uh, in the next session, I'll show you when you create your strategic imperatives and your strategic initiatives and action plans. You know, I'll show you how to kind of you know tweak them. Um, but then you know, go and go into action more every ninety minute, ninety days, and then go back to the drawing board. Then again, go 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 out and execute. Uh, um for the next 90 days so that's that's how i i find um um i, I find it more sane uh, 
<laughs> for lack of a better word, doing it that way, uh, because the uh, twelve-month cycle is is just too long. Is that uh, does that answer your question, Ron? Okay, cool. So Neha says, is it possible to start the company with two to three people? Of course it is. It depends on what you want. It depends on 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 the problem at hand, and it depends on uh, you know your offering. So it's it's totally up to you. Miles, great to see you. Um, thanks for coming. Great. So Neha, I hope that uh, that that um, answered your question. If there's a follow up, just put it in the chat. If not. Um, thank you so much. You're very welcome, um, Andrew. Um, just look out for the for the replay on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, uh, type in Consulting Leap or my name, Fahim Musa, and you'll find the channel. And this is session 37. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Uh, have a fabulous weekend. And I will see you in the next session. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.